Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this blessing. Your t- the time we have in your presence. We are excited. We are grateful. We are blessed. Lead us by your mighty Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And um, today, in this uh, offering uh, time, I'm going to share with you something that I believe is very, very important. And um, that I think is difficult to erase or to change. And that is the causes of intractable poverty and the causes of inequality. Okay? Why is there inequality? Why is there inequality? What do, what do you mean by inequality? All right? What do I mean by inequality? Inequality means someone has a lot. You are there. Someone has very little. All right? Are those online? I, I don't know whether you are there. I need to see the online people. Please. Beautiful. We are talking about the causes of inequality and the causes of intractable poverty. Can I have the meaning of the word intractable? Those of you online, make sure you share, like. We are online, we are active. I need you to check the meaning of the word intractable. What does it mean, intractable? Can we put it on the screen, please? Intractable poverty. All right? Yeah. Not easily governed. Not easily managed. Not easily directed. Disciplined or tamed. Violent. Refractory. As an intractable child. So not easy to govern or manage. All right? And... Refractory. What does refractory mean? Refractory. Refractory. And I want those who are working there to be fast. Or can we change the person there? Obstinate in disobedience. So the, the poverty is disobedient. Then the next one is resisting ordinary treatment. So it resists ordinary treatment. So this poverty that resists Ordinary treatment, okay? Uh, 
contumacious. I don't know what that means. Stubborn, unmanageable. All right? Unmanageable. Now, if you look at the poverty in Africa, you would call it uh, intractable poverty. And you can use those, those words. What are the words? Put it up on the screen, please. Not easily governed, managed, taught or tamed. You see, you can't tame it. The poverty in Africa has been on for years. Do you get it? It's been on. The poverty in Ghana... No one should be deceived by the presence of Beggar King in Ghana or Pizza Hut. It doesn't mean things have changed. Do you see? Pizza Hut and Beggar King and KFC doesn't mean that things have changed. You know, one of the things that you must realize about the, the Western world business is that they have a mind to always increase. You know, every year they look at the profit they make and they want to make more the next year, which is clever because you always need to keep moving forward. Otherwise, you start going down. If you are not going up, you start going down. Because after reaching your peak, you start declining. So when they are finished selling, um, to the western world which has so many people to buy then who else is left the poorest lowest continent do you see if they also buy KFC you get it it will add to what they already have. In Russia, they closed down is it 700 McDonald's or 900 McDonald's, 850 McDonald's in Russia. Yes, in just one country. So you can imagine the number of McDonald's shops there. 850. And we have, I don't think we have 850 district capitals in Ghana. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yes. One day, somebody, when they were selling cars in Ghana, he told me that number of cars that they sell on one street in America is more than they sell the whole country of Ghana. So it's not, it's not worth their way. That's why they don't sell American cars in Ghana. It doesn't make sense for them to come back. At a point, maybe one day, when they finish expanding, they, they will add us. So I'm just saying that to say that don't think that the presence of Pizza Hut and KFC is a sign that Ghana is, has been able to come out of intractable poverty. No. Causes of inequality. And I'm going to repeat this over and over. If I see pastors and this one is prospering, this one is not prospering, Churches, this one is prospering, this one is not prospering. Individuals, this one is prospering, this guy is not prospering. Uh, money, this person has, this person doesn't have. I mean, in the church, this one has, this one doesn't have, this one doesn't have. I'm giving you the causes of it. It's in my book, He That Hath, chapter 4. 
chapter 4. When I sit with pastors and I find, are you doing well? This one is not doing well. One of my pastors just got to stood up and said, please, causes of inequality between us. And he just gave the reasons right there. And we will all stand. We will all stand. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for the causes? This is a real prosperity. Number one. Personal traits. And this is from research. By the way, this is not... um, from the Bible. It's from research done across the world. Wherever they found poverty, they did research to find why there is poverty which doesn't go. And then they also did research to find about inequality. Why there's inequality that doesn't go. The first reason I'm seeing here is personal traits and not the environment. Not, not the place, but personal traits of a person. So we have found you can send 10 people to 10 towns and villages with similar conditions. One pastor will have an income in his church and the church prospers to a certain level and another pastor with similar conditions will have a completely different outcome with the church. And we found out that it's usually the person and not the town. Because you have similar towns with different results. So, and it confirms my, our experience with church work. Because we have pastors in different cities that it's not the place, but it's the personal traits of the person which are causing the person to be the way he is, to be poor, to be in need, to be whatever. Personal traits is the causes of inequality. So in the same country, Ghana, or I don't know where you are, those of you online, are you there? I need to see you. Yes, I hope you are watching and listening. In the same place where you are, you have somebody else who will make a lot out of the place. And somebody else who will drown in the same place. I send people to Tanzania, to Liberia, to Kenya, to the, and I've sent different people to these same places. I say, oh, the place is very poor, is this, this, that, that, whatever. And you see, one person is able to make something out of the place. So, causes of inequality. The first reason is personal traits and not the conditions that are around. So if you are in Ghana, okay, you must know that causes of poverty, you must think of yourself first. What personal traits? (laughs) Oh, yes. Hmm? So, intractable poverty, largely, it's personal traits. Amen. Now, research 
Let me just give you three things. And then those three things can stay with you. Or if you like, four things. First one is personal traits. The second, lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Yeah. The third, lack of skills. Huh? Lack of skills. And then the fourth one is laziness. You see, which is still part of the... And this is not from the Bible. This is from research. Done by FAO and other big international organizations. That Why is this place poor and it never improves? So, under personal traits... You have a lack, like knowledge, lack of knowledge, lack of knowledge, lack of skills, and then lack and laziness, which comes similar to the personal traits. But you see, when we did a study, it was just three things. It's just a lack of knowledge, lack of skills, and a personal trait. Lack of knowledge in the country. We don't know many things. We don't know many. We don't know, we don't know many. And then number two, lack of skills. We don't know how to do so many things. You see, and, and, and I don't want to bring our church work in, but we found out that pastors who don't do well, they, they don't know. Sometimes they'll ask a question, I'll open my book, and the answer to the question, the question they're asking is a question which has been written in the book. How do you do this? It is written, as the, it's in English, the exact word they're asking. They've not read it. And the answers are written there. All of them, right there. And they don't, don't know it. They don't read. They don't know, and they don't seem to know. So that's why education is important, and also special education is important. And the lack of skills, like we don't know how to do so many things. How to do things? You don't. You don't know how to make a phone. You don't know how to run. To lead, the skill of leading people. How to, how to, how to do things. People don't know how to. Don't know how to do any particular thing. So when you finish school and you just did a, a degree in this, degree in that, and you come out and you come to work at a place, you don't know how to do anything in particular. A brother was just telling me how he works as a dance teacher. He teaches dancing because he's, he's an expert in dancing. That's a skill. That's a skill. So apart from his degree in the university, he can dance. And he can teach. Yes, everybody wants him to teach dancing. International schools, different individual private classes, many things. It's a skill. The causes of intractable poverty, you see the lack of skills. I don't know anything in particular. Yes, I don't know anything. See, pastors, they don't know how to take offering. They don't know how to raise money. They don't know how to do fundraising. I watched some people doing some fundraising the other time. I, I mean, I just watched in, in amazement. I said, this fundraising will never work. Never. I bet my last, I've raised funds. I know the fundraising that cannot work. Wow. So, causes of inequality. 
and personal traits, lack of knowledge. All right? So all these contribute to inequality. Now, when it comes to the, uh, when it comes to giving, or prospering, prospering, let's take personal traits. You have a personal trait of stinginess. You are stingy. Check stingy. Uh, put it on the screen. What does it mean to be stingy? It's a trait. Some of them are from the family. Huh? Stinging. Hey. Stingy. G-Y, please. Is that what it means? Extremely close and covetous. Meanly avaricious. Hey. Now, the words you are bringing are more complex than the word that I am trying to find the meaning of. Who is, the, who, who is this person? Give us a better dictionary, please. The words are more complicated. Huh? Find a better explanation for us. Now, personal traits in some families, all right, you see your father's giving your mother money to buy bread and asking her for a receipt and change and arguing over money and doing accounts. You get it? So you learn without knowing to be very some way about giving out money and not relaxed about giving. Oh yes. I remember one relative who's um, yes, he's found stingy. Not generous. Not generous. That's it. And and generous response to the appeal for funds. Yes. Selfishly unwilling to share with others. Yes. Not generous. Now, one day a certain young man was traveling and went to see his grandfather, uncle, relative, whoever that he was traveling abroad, right? And the person gave him five dollars. Here you are. That is it. And the five dollars was in the form of a coin. Oh, yes. What does it mean? How will it help? Person says he's going to Canada. And a person, you are, you, I mean, when I say, not that the person is a poor person, the person is a, not a rich person, but the person is very old, established for years, very old. Five dollars. How, how does it help? Even ten dollars. Five dollars doesn't help much in an international environment. And it's not, in, I'm not talking of Ghana. The person was abroad. The person lives abroad. And I was asking the person, as, no, he wasn't asking for anything, but he was like, yes, five. I don't want to mention the currency. It wasn't dollars, but it's five dollars. Oh. And generous. So before you realize, it's a trait. 
Yes. You are going around the shop and you can buy the things. You look at prices, calculating. This one is different. You take this one here, go and compare it here. Check the name, the weight. You are checking the weight of the can. And then this is four CDs. The weight is less than this one is 340. But the weight is more than this. Hey. And generous. Yes. When I was with my father and he was buying kebab, he bought everything. Yes, I learned it from him. And then when he was buying Kiliwili, he buys everything. Like there will be people in the queue, he buys all. The whole thing. How much is all? <laughs> Receive such graces. Eh? One day we were at Circle, Kwame Nkrumah Circle, having a crusade. And I saw an orange seller. And my heart was touched as I saw because how much is one orange? One CD. I don't know how much it is. But when I saw her, I was touched by her hard work. She goes around the whole day. And I told somebody, buy, buy all. It, I learned it from my father. Buy all. I bought all. It's something I do anytime I, I buy all. Buy all the oranges that is on her head. And then give her more money. And you see people argue you are buying corn. You just... I mean, you are looking at the size of the corner. There's an argument. It, it's something, oh. Hmm. And it's usually from the family. Oh, yes. It's what you are used to see. The discussions and the arguments. I bought all the oranges. And many people could buy all. The, just because she's working hard. How much is all? How much is all? Bring it. Put it in the car. How much here? By the grace. And if you have that trait and you are in church and you hear that, how much is this offering? The talking is a lot. One offering is going to bring research from FAO and United Nations. How much is it? What do they need? Just, what's the bill? Just, let's just pay for this thing. Oh, Yes. So it's a personal trait. And that's the word, put the word back there. Not stingy, okay? So stingy is, means not generous. You get it? An ungenerous response to the appeal for funds. Selfishly unwilling to share with others. Receive grace for deliverance from such bad traits. In Jesus' name. Uh, uh, you want, would you not want to be married to somebody who is generous? Oh, yes. When I got married, I realized initially my wife wanted to have discussion with me about money. I said, no. I show her, here is where the money is. If you need, go and take anything. And she still won't take because she has, I don't know what she has experienced. 
She said, oh, no, go and take the money. I said, take, I don't like discussions about money. It's nasty. When you see couples coming, their marriage is spoiling because of argument over money. It's sad. It's very sad. It's, it's one of the low discussions you can have. I mean, unless you have a very unusually greedy person or somebody with a mental illness like a mania where the person goes shopping and buys many things as part of the mental illness. But if it's not a mental illness, I don't think it's a problem. Oh, yes. If you are married and your husband is very calculating, no, you not enjoy it. You not enjoy your marriage. You need healing Jesus to come into your marriage. <laughs> oh yes. Then lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Look, the knowledge that giving does lead to prosperity. Whether you, whether you are even spiritual or not spiritual, people don't know. They don't even believe it. That giving does lead to prosperity. But if you actually do research and find out that do givers have more than people who keep and who store, like the Bible says, there is one that keeps back more than his meat and it tended to poverty. It's just out of the book of wisdom in, in Proverbs that there's one who keeps more than his meat but then it tends to poverty. Wisdom and experience will show you that those who give tend generally to Increase. Look at it. There is someone who scatters and yet increases. And there is someone that withholds more than is meat or more than is appropriate. But it tends to poverty. The holding back tends to poverty. I mean, it's knowledge. It's knowledge in every sphere. In every sphere. There's someone that holds back more than his meat. Look at it. He withholds more than his meat. That's the stingy. And it tendeth to poverty. It, it somehow leads to poverty, but you don't really know how it leads to poverty. So lack of knowledge. Lack of skills. The skills, the art of working hard, the, the art, I mean like skills that you would even learn that will bless you and lead you many times to prosperity is not even what you learned in school but it's other skills that you have that lead to your prosperity what did you learn in school? what did Bishop Prince learn in school? is he not farming? it's a long time since I saw him on a farm What, 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 what did I learn in school? I'm medicine. I'm a medical doctor. I am prosperous, but not from medicine. Not from practicing medicine. 
Another skill is helping me in my life. Not even the knowledge that I got in school. But another skill. Yes, I am invited to different places because of the skill of preaching and teaching and ministering and being an apostle. Whatever it is. So, lack of knowledge, lack of skills and laziness, which is also part of the personal traits. Now, another cause of uh, inequality is dependency thinking. There is a, you can all go and look at chapter 4. How many have got the book on your phone? He that hath. You should all have the book. If you don't have, raise up your hand. It's free. We give it to you free. You have it on your phone. This book. Chapter 4. Open to chapter 4 if you have it. And put it on the screen for us to see. Beautiful. I'm sure they don't have it. You have covers, but you don't have the book. (laughs) You see, you are hot. (laughs) Oh, yes. The other trait is dependency thinking. Thinking that money is going to come from somewhere. And somebody is going to send you money to do something. It's, It's right there in the research. Amazing. Huh? Dependency thinking. Oh. So from today, you know the causes of inequality. Everywhere when you go, I want you to just keep on thinking of these three things. Any news you hear, the news, anything that you see in the country, things going on, you notice these main things are the causes of our state. Lack of knowledge, lack of knowledge, lack of skills, laziness or personal traits and dependency thinking that somebody is going to bring something from somewhere. So I believe today you are healed of all that. And even spiritually, you are believing God that that the knowledge of giving is a blessing in your life. Amen. God is going to bless you mightily as you give in Jesus' name. Take your offering out and we pray over it. So we move on this amazing Sunday in the middle of the day. Father, thank you for everyone who's prospering in this church. Amen. Prospering in this church. Thank you for the revelation on the causes of inequality and the causes of intractable poverty. Thank you. Our personal traits are being changed today. And we are learning how to be generous, how to be givers, and even to believe that giving does really lead to prosperity. Thank you for delivering us from the traits of poverty, the traits of inequality. We are grateful, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
and I am here to testify about how God has greatly changed my life. So I was born into a Christian family and I joined the First Love Church in level 200. So when I joined, I found the church to be very exciting and vibrant, so I decided to get involved. But I did not have friends in the church and I was like already struggling with duality so I found myself still doing a lot of things in the world and eventually I started to smoke weed, I was drinking like addicted to alcohol drinking, I was clubbing, I was 
doing all sorts of things but it wasn't like so much just once in a while till the year of return in 2019 december when i fell into the hands of friends who would like club every weekend at that point i wasn't really coming to church like when i come to church i'd sit at the back at the far back and leave as soon as the preaching ended so that was my life for a while and and i ended up being with a long line of guys and even getting arrested for weed once so there was this particular guy who lived at East Ligon that I stayed with for a while during December and we used to smoke weed and communicate every single day so at a point I just got tired of that life and then I tried to go back home I didn't even make it to 31st night like I didn't want to go because I felt like I wasn't worthy of being in the presence of God in 2020 early january my new year resolution was to actually become a lesbian or a bisexual and also going to hook up so the day i firmly decided to do that i decided to cut my hair so i could go all out tomboy and change my clothes and everything but as i cutting my hair i realized that my pastor who was in the film stars ministry lp gold texted me that she wanted to visit me I ignored the text initially because I didn't want to see her I just made up my mind that I was going to go lesbian and do hookup why would I want to see my pastor but I found myself being pushed to reply her text I don't know some force just pushed me to reply her text and then I told her she could come visit me when she came she came with another pastor from Stas pastor and pastor Elum and when they came they said a lot my dad also said a lot and actually what my dad said was nothing new to me what my pastor said was also nothing really new to me which i can't really remember but i just remember feeling feeling like i wasn't hearing my pastor's voice i was hearing the voice of the spirit and it overwhelmed me i remember lp god said something like do you think god does not love you and it really touched me I felt like despite all the things I had done, despite the life that I had been living, God so loved me and God so wanted me and it made me, it broke me and made me decide to leave everything that I was doing, all my decisions, my new year resolution, made me decide to leave all those things aside and come back to God because if he could love me and could so want me after all the things I had done, then who am I to say no? That was like my turning point and by the grace of God, thanks to COVID, I also learned to get closer to God and also become spiritual. I got spiritual friends who have been influencing me and helping me. My pastors have been of great help. Bishop G has been of great help. Bishop Kent was of really great help when he was here because he was my pastor then too. And by the grace of God, I'm not perfect, I still struggle, but God has been helping me and I want to encourage anyone out there who feels like they are not perfect, who feels like they are struggling too much and if you feel like God doesn't love you, that's not true, God really loves you. No matter what you are doing, no matter what life you are going through, God loves you and wants you. So I just want 
everybody out there or anybody out there who struggled who struggled like I was and left the church because they didn't feel loved to know that God loves you and you can come to him and join a, join a ministry in the church get friends in the church because that, that helps you become stabilized and serious I just want to thank God for this great change in my life and for giving me the opportunity to be in a church where I have pastors like the pastors who really held me because if not for them I don't know where my life would be right now. So I want to thank Prophet, I want to thank Bishop Dad for appointing pastors like the pastors who shepherded me, they didn't give up on me. I also want to thank him for leading us through the flow prayers during the COVID because those prayer sessions really played a very important role in my life at that point. They helped me become spiritual. And also I want to thank him for writing the books he writes because I'm, I like reading a lot and his books were really, really helpful to me, especially how to have an effective quiet time and the art of hearing books. They really, really blessed me and changed, helped me change in my life. I want to thank Prophet for writing, for appointing pastors, and for praying with us. God bless you, Prophet. Hallelujah. Oh, you touched. And I like the song in the background too. Thank you for your special love for me. Amen. I feel so touched by that testimony. God bless you, my dear. And I know God has already spoken to so many of us. Um, it's Father's Day today. And now, let's be honest. How many of you, hey, serious. How many of you, oh, let's be serious. How many of you um, found out about Father's Day? How many of you found out last minute that ah, to, tomorrow is Father's Day or today is Father's Day? Yeah, because I think fathers are not really. Today, somebody sent me a text that I, I couldn't believe that father, about the different things that fathers do, and at the end, it's still Mother's Day that we celebrate as if there are no fathers. Amen. But uh, how many of you have your lives and your relationship with your father has changed since you joined the church? How many of you want to no, genuinely lift your hand and wave at me? If you're you, fantastic. And I believe truly, the Bible says the spirit of Elijah will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And so today is a special day at the First Love Church. So we want to celebrate all fathers here today. Find the nearest father. This morning, this morning I did, I did a naming ceremony for, uh, I did a naming ceremony for one of our pastors, and I looked at him. He looks like a small boy, but he's also a father. So there may be a small boy next to you, but he's also a father. Happy Father's Day, Amen. Now we also want to wish our father here at the First Love Church, our prophet, a happy Father's Day. Now, a father is a father in, in the classic dangerous sense. Our prophet explains a father or describes a father as one who causes you to be. Amen. And so we wouldn't exist for sure, I can tell you. 
I, I have never been to this area before, me person, which even means I don't like trouble. I think that's what it means. And Prophet has brought us to a place with troubles. Amen. And I believe God has blessed us as a church. We've come from so far, all the way from Legon Hall Chapel, all the way to where we are today, that we are not feeling hot. Last week, I saw some people at the back doing this, and they were feeling cold. To be cold in a church, in this church, this church, this particular church, to feel cold here, is, is something. And um, didn't be there. And so many of us wouldn't be saved. I mean, when I heard her testimony, I was just thinking about the pastors who went to visit them. Somebody had to say, this is a pastor, which takes a lot of faith. If you know those two pastors that they were talking about, it takes a lot of faith. And so the pastors, the leaders, the shepherds, the percentile leaders, the church members want to say happy Father's Day to our prophet. Thank you for appointing us, believing, consecrating us, choosing us. Thank you. Thank you for coming all the way to be our pastor and to be our friend. Amen. And then we're ready for the word of God on Father's Day. Today, today one of our members told me her father is usually not around for Father's Day because her father lives abroad, but now he's here. So what will she do? And I said she should take him out for dinner. She said she doesn't have money, but anyway, she will take him out and then he will pay. Yes, so that's what we are going to do this afternoon. We are celebrating Father's Day, but he's still the one providing the meal for this afternoon service. Do you believe that nothing is impossible? Let's sing the Father's Day special, for nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Do you believe it? Come on, let's sing it together. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible. It's impossible.
thank you for this opportunity we have in your presence. We are grateful and thankful for all that you do for us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, today I want to share with you I'm continuing on the series about entry points to the supernatural. But I want to, because today is Father's Day, I want to look at a few things that are related to fathers. Amen. Now, um, an entry point to the supernatural is actually uh, obedience. One of them is obedience. Obedience to God. So when you start obeying, your life becomes supernatural. But what I want to also say is that an entry point to the supernatural is when you start to have a good relationship with your father. Your life begins to become supernatural or there's some supernatural involvement in your life. Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, 2, 3. Alright? What does it say? It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Okay? Now, how many have ever wondered, what should I do? What's, what's the right thing to do? What is the next right thing to do for my life? Amen. What is the next correct thing to do for my life? Amen. And this scripture is beautiful. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Years ago, I didn't really see this verse as I did, but now I see it differently. All right. So the Bible says, this is right. This is right. And I heard Rick Joyner saying, and prophetically he was saying that, you want to know what is right. It's what your, your, your parents say. That's what's right. Some people come and ask me, so my father says I should do this, and my father said that. I said, do what your father says you should do. That's the right thing. That's the right thing. There's nothing else. Just do it. If your father doesn't want you to marry somebody, don't marry the person. Amen. So what your parents tell you is what is right. Okay? That is the right thing. And that is what starts to bring supernatural involvement in your life. You, you, you struggle with your parents. You struggle with what they want. So a parent doesn't want you to marry this person. Should you marry this one? Should you not marry? Your parent doesn't want that. That's what's right. Just obey them. Because I've never yet seen a parent who doesn't want something good for his child. So at least the motivation is there. Do you see? The motive is there. And if you are married in a home where the parents are divided, and it's a very common thing that mother and father are divided. 
If you are a child in a home where the parents are divided, it's common. If you are in a home where the parents are divided, you have to be careful lest it destroys you. Because you can easily have a skewed image of your father. Because you may be quickly connected to your mother. Because mothers are always looking after you about what you are eating, drinking, not well, this, 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 this. So you always have more to do with them. So if you don't take care, you and your mother form a united party. You get it? And then you start to swallow the negativities of your mother. Because when people stay married for some time, they have sometimes negativities. And they dislike each other even. So you, or even if they are divorced and you have the one parent is here, one parent is there, you swallow and you take on the heads of, your, of one of the sides. You take on the pain of one side. You are not yet at that age. You are not yet to have such a problem. And at a young age, you, you take on a problem of grown-ups. Join yourself, amalgamate yourself to a problem and you merge as a party against a parent and you have not yet reached that stage of life. So you have to be careful. For those of you who are parents who are in different, they are, they are opposed to things, you must be very careful. You know? One brother said to me, you know, after years of being very close to his mother who was caring for him. When he grew up, he said, no. I see things differently now. So, very important that you be careful in your relationship with fathers. Since today is Father's Day, I am explaining to you this verse. I want you to know this verse. What is the right thing? Your, this is right. What they say is right. Look at it. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this, what is this? This, what they are saying, what they obey, obedience is, this is right. And if there is a challenge between what your father says and what your mother says, it's what your father says, because your father is the head of the house. Your father is the head. If there is a question as to who, father and mother, are divided, your father is the head, not your mother. Yes. Then it goes on. It says, honor thy father and thy mother. Which is the first commandment with a promise. What does that mean? There were other commandments. Can, can you bring the ten commandments? Can you find the ten commandments and project it on the screen for us? I think it's in Exodus 20. So, the no, no, find the Ten Commandments. Commandment number one, two, three. There's a please, you get the Ten Commandments listed beautifully. All right? Now, um, honor your father and your mother. Respect them. Not deceive them. Anybody you deceive, you don't respect. You see the person as a fool. And children who grew up in 
good homes, when I say t- not good home, but like a home where maybe the parents are sort of godly or maybe they go to church, that's what I mean. Those children, if you have a peaceful existence at home, it could be that you have a peaceful existence with your parents because you are deceiving them. So your parents can never imagine how you are. Because apart from doing every bad thing, you are also deceiving them. So anybody you, de- you, you deceive, you don't love the person and you don't honor the person. You don't respect the person. One time I went to the Swiss embassy and I saw a sign, Swiss embassy, where they don't, don't, they don't be, I mean, they are not believing in God or whatever. And they have written a sign there with a scripture about telling lies that liars will not prosper. I mean, for people who are applying for visa, they should, st- they've written the verse for them that liars will not prosper and so on. That is the verse that they've put at the Swiss embassy. I mean, some time ago, I don't know if it's still there. Because people will come and say, your name is Ajua. Meanwhile, you are a, a man and your name is Ekua or Ajua. And all kinds of things. Lies about this is my father, this is my mother, this is my relative, and all are lies. And you see, what we don't realize is that you want to deceive people is because you think you can fool them. And you think, but you see, what you should have rather is respect. These countries you are trying to get a visa to go to, they've taken people to the moon and brought them back safely before. And you want to go and tell them that your mother is this. You look even funny. They know our roads better than we know them. That Google Maps you are using, I tell you, they have charted every corner of Accra. They will even direct you through this yard to a road at the back of the yard. You should be afraid of Google Maps. It's what it knows. <laughs> every corner is charted. Even in the furthest corner, you see that, that. You can't easily deceive them. But you see, you have to rather elevate them in your mind. When you try to deceive somebody, it means the person is not so great in your mind. But when the person is very great in your mind, so when I say this, they will know. It's a place of birth. You've written Accra, but you were born in Bogatanga, but you've written that you were born in Accra. It's not true. You've changed your age. You've changed your age. You have a different age. And then when you get older, you get to retirement faster than you are supposed to. Then you see that you are saying that you are, you are 60. Meanwhile, you are 54. Now you say you are 60. Because you, so, and you, you retire, you have to leave the job. And you want to change it again. All these forms of deception show that you don't realize how great the person you are trying to deceive is. And how much knowledge and information and how much it's not so easy to deceive this person and that in the end it will backfire. That's what I'm trying to explain to you that honoring your father and your mother includes not trying to deceive people. One young man was telling me, he said, look, I had four girlfriends at the same time. I said, 
I said, who is your father? Is your father a pastor? My father is a pastor. So does your father say, no. He said, my, up to today, my father, they cannot even imagine me. I'm having sex with my girlfriend with three other roommates. We are four in the room. Here am I with my girlfriend having sex and there's three other roommates. We are all together. This is my life. And I'm running four girlfriends at the same time. My mother thinks I'm an angel. And a virgin. Some of you look like angels and virginity angels. But nobody knows. Nobody can tell. <laughs> Listen, I'm, today I'm telling you, honor your father and your mother. Don't deceive them. Don't think you can fool them. You are not fooling anybody. You are harming yourself. Anybody that I have found deceiving me, that person withers before me. Because once you lie to me and I find that you are a deceiver and you are deceiving me, are trying to be fast and deceiving me, immediately your trust naturally flows out of me. Trust for you. And when you are not trusted, you have been demoted. You have been demoted. It's difficult to be trusted. It takes years to, for you to trust somebody. Years and years. Oh, yes. There are people I can give the key to my bedroom and tell them, go, and I'll show them, go to my room, here, 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 look, find this for me. But there are people I wouldn't even want to show them where my gate is to my house. I don't want them to know the area where I live. And there are others you can show them. Enter my room. Go to here and here and here and here. You find this and bring it to me. Look at the difference. Look at the difference. Trust makes a lot of difference. So honor your father to fool the person. And then that's what somebody said. They made a fool of me. They made a fool of me. That is, that you, have, you have embarrassed the person or fooled the person. You fooled him. You've made a fool of him. You can't make a fool of your father and expect to get away with it. Maybe it may look as though it's okay. But I'm showing you the Bible. Have you found the Ten Commandments? I need to see number one, two. Beautiful. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no strange gods before me. That's the first commandment. These are the ten commandments. It's found in Exodus. Number two. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in me. That means don't shout Jesus. Just. Oh Jesus. Hey Jesus. You know in films where they say Jesus and Jesus Christ. They, they, they are taking the name of the Lord in vain. Okay? You don't say okay. I hope I've come to the right church today. (laughs) The third commandment is what? Remember to keep... Look, can you find the ten commandments in in a language that we can understand? This one, we don't understand. Remember to keep the Lord's day holy. Holy is the, the Lord's holy day. 
I don't know what is it a Sabbath? Is that what it means? Sabbath? Aha. Uh-huh. This one is better. I am the Lord your God. You shall not have any strange gods before me. Good. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God ah, in vain. <laughs> Number three. Remember to keep holy the Lord's day. It's the same thing. Don't you have it in King James? King James words. And the fourth one is honor your father and your mother. But there is a promise attached to it. So I need to see the one with the promise. This is the commandment that has a promise. With it. All the commandments don't have a promise. But this one has a promise. And the promise about it is in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 3. Have you found it now? Okay, this one is better. Remember to keep the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. So, honor thy father and thy mother is the one with the promise. So, find the commandment which has the promise and put it on for us. Please, work hard, okay? We are all working. Nobody is free. Nobody is at ease. (laughs) Amen. This is the commandment of the Lord. And Ephesians 6 And verse 3 tells us clearly that it may be well with thee. This is the promise. And that thou mayest live long on the earth. Happy Father's Day. Beautiful. But remember that honoring your father and your mother Grants you a particular blessing. What blessing? That it may be well with you. I mean this blessing. That it may be well with you. It affects that it may be well with your finances. It may be well with your marriage. It may be well with your relationship. It may be well with your work. It may be well well with your ministry. It may be well with your job. It may be well with anything about you. That it may be well with thee. That's what it means that it may be well with thee. So if you have a beast with your father, you get what I'm saying? And a problem with him, you cannot talk to him, you cannot relate with him, you are angry with him, you have formed a political party, you, your mother, and your, the rest of your siblings have formed one party oriented against and separated and oriented against your own father I'm telling you that it's not a good thing it's not a good thing because you are taking the heads of a mature relationship between a man and a woman which can get so sour and so bitter that when a man and a wife and one of the spouses are found murdered The first accused is always the spouse. The one who claims to be the the most, the one who loves the person most. The first accused is always the spouse. How did the person die? Maybe the husband killed or maybe the wife killed him. 
One brother, he woke up in the night, in the night, he found a knife by his bed like this. Oh, yes, he was afraid. Hey! And the knife had been put on the side of the bed. Paul, like, was standing there like that. Do you think he will feel free to sleep again? Those of us online, I hope you are there. Ah. I hope you are listening because it applies to you. Oh, yes. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. I hope you are watching. Now, honor your father and your mother. This is the promise that it may be well with you. Many times it is not well with us, things are not working. One relationship after another. So many boys. Oh, not even one wants to marry you. All of them want to sleep with you, but none wants to marry you. It is not well. Do you remember the story I told you of a prostitute who had a customer and the customer said, I want to marry you. Do you remember that story I told you? Yes. And he was in the queue. And he used to come back. And every time he sits in the queue, I think everybody's allowed, I think, 15 minutes or 30 minutes for the whatever. So he sits in the queue and waits. And when it is his turn, he, and he, pays, to, he pays to go in. But when he goes in, he, and she, she starts to try to have sex with him, he says, no, 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 I didn't come here. I want to marry you. Yeah. Now, you, you are not in any prostitute office and he's not interested in marrying you eh? does it occur to you oh god will you not send somebody who is that type into my life and my father-in-law said it when he when he's a good person he wants to marry you marries you wants to marry you now that's what my father, I was afraid when I, when I was going to propose to my wife and I wanted to marry, I was afraid that he would be so against it. It was the opposite. He said, no, a good person will always want to marry you now. Yeah. You may think that he's full of lust or desire or whatever, but it's that he wants, to, he wants nothing bad to happen. Yes. Are you still here? Yes. I hope I'm not alone as I'm I'm talking. Sometimes I feel alone. Today I I was told that it's Father's Day. That's why I'm talking this way. I didn't know that it was Father's Day. Yes. God wants you to be blessed. And one of the ways you start ascending in your life is when you can correct your relationship with fathers fathers spiritual fathers ministry fathers biological fathers uncles who looked after you grandparents who looked after you anybody who is a father figure in your life oh yes that's your duty Ephesians chapter 6, verse 3. Beautiful. 
Now, I remember one day, a brother said to me, my father is in prison. My father has been arrested. I mean, not as arrested, but he's in prison. So I said, what, what did he do? He said, oh, he's a thief. He steals. I said, wow. I said, go and visit him. Take everything that he needs to him in the prison. Visit him. Show him, everybody, this is my father. My, I love my father. He's my father. He's in prison. I don't know what he did. It's not my concern. Is it your concern to correct fathers and to teach them? Thou shalt teach thy father. Thou shalt correct thy father. Thou shalt uh, uh, train thy father. Thou shalt uh, make him into an honest man. It has nothing to do with you. Your, your job is honor thy father. Yes. And when you have a child, you also correct your child. And train your child. If you want somebody to train, wait till you have a child. Then start your training anointing. And be training. I said to him, go and visit him. Visit him. Honor is the only thing you need with your father. So today is Father's Day. I'm expecting all of you to send messages to your fathers. Even if they've never heard of you. And they will be surprised to hear from somebody like you. Because you've joined a party with your mother or with whoever it is against him. Correct that thing. And make yourself a darling boy or a darling girl in your house. In your father's house. Malachi chapter 4. Verse number 5. Malachi chapter 4 and verse number 5. Are you watching? I will send you Elijah, the prophet, huh? a very serious high-ranking prophet. And what is this high-ranking prophet coming to do? He says, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And what is he going to do? He shall turn the hearts of the fathers. To the children. And the heart of the children. To the fathers. Lest or in case. Or so that I shouldn't come and smite the earth with a curse. In other words. I'm going to turn the father's heart. So that he likes his children. And I'm going to turn their fathers, the children's heart. So that they like their fathers. That's all. I don't know who I'm talking to, but every one of us here has a father. Biological, spiritual, ministry father, different kinds of people that have been fathers to you. A father is very unique, different from a teacher. A teacher just teaches you, but a father causes you to exist. You would not have existed either in ministry or at home or you would not exist in this world if it was not for your father. No matter how tall you are, you still have a father. Are you there? Over here, are you here? Oh yes. So rise up in the spirit realm, okay, and decide that I'm not going to be a problem child. 
And even if you've already been a problem, how many have already been a problem? No, I need to see the hands. I, I, otherwise, I'm going, to, I'm going to close just now. Yeah. How many have been a problem at home before? Raise your hands. Yes. I, it looks like most of us, except the last corner, the, those at the end there, that those seem to be some angels have packed themselves over there. <laughs> Even if you've been a problem before, whether spiritually, physically, biologically, you must correct it. And I don't mean correct it and deceive. You see, that's the way we correct things. We just go underground and be, and, and be a deceiver. Yeah. Now it says, I will turn the heart of the father to the children. Because your father's heart can also go away from you. Yes. Your father can lose interest in you. Say, okay, it's over. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Do whatever you want to do. Feel free. A father can decide that. So, oh, okay. And there are many fathers who are hurt. Even pastors of churches. They are hurt by their churches. I remember one pastor, it was his birthday. They took an offering and they brought it to him. He sent it back to the church. He said, no, no, it's okay. He doesn't want anything from the church and whatever. People. God bless you. Thank you very much for everything. It's okay. Bye-bye. The heart of the father has gone away. He doesn't want anything to do with the church. Even though he's the same pastor of the church. And that's not a good thing. If you want supernatural blessings and supernatural things to start happening in your life, remember that you will not have the first and initial blessing that you need in this life if you have a struggle with your father. You know, one day I went to the golf course and there was a professional, you know, a professional golfer. He, he, he taught myself, not that he taught, but he played with myself and Bishop Saki and Bishop Eddie when we first started playing golf. So, you know, he was introducing himself to somebody and he said, oh, I gave them the initial swing. Wow. Yes, I gave them the initial swing. <laughs> oh, yes. I gave them the initial swing. That was his English. That's what he is. I gave them the initial swing. That means he taught us a bit at the beginning. That's what he was trying to say. So, when you miss out on your father's blessing, you miss out on the initial swing. Yes, the first blessing that you can have in this life is the initial swing to initiate your life. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Little girls and boys, don't do that to yourself. Yes. Now, one of the things that happens, you see, read, read the next verse. Verse 4. Ephesians 6 and then verse 4. Ephesians. Yes. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nature and admonition of the Lord. Now, the Bible also says that fathers should not provoke so because of this scripture, 
when you are antagonistic to your father's instruction, are you with me? Your father or mother, but today is Father's Day, so let's uh, concentrate on the fathers. It's not anything about gender balance. It's about today is Father's Day. We've had Mother's Day. When you are antagonistic to your father and your father's best, the Bible says, fathers, don't provoke your children. So your father's best bet is to keep quiet and not to talk about what brings the provocation. So then you start to have what we call the silent phase of fatherhood. Where there's more silence than anything else because nobody wants to bring up the topic that is going to stir up hatred, anger, talking, bitterness and everything else. And you have the silent phase. Because the more you talk, the more the person wants to go away. You can ask Joshua. When he was uh, uh, in school and they were going to school and all that, at the point he was, he was way off. Off totally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was off completely. Doing all sorts of things. And I, the, the Bible says, fathers don't provoke your children. So I never talked to him about the ministry. I always thank God for Pastor Clement and Sister Marie, that they were, they were that was his church in Nottingham. When he went one day, I called him, he, I said, what are they doing? He said, they were fasting for, is it 40 days? I said, my son is fasting for 40 days? I do not know what can make him fast for 40 days. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But me, the father, I've stopped talking and I don't say anything. You should be a pastor. You should be in the ministry. You should be a Christian. No. No. Because at a point, if you continue talking, it is going to cause provocation, anger. So you say, and then the response is the person has a chance to repent. And the person has a chance on his own to hear from God in any other way. But unfortunately, some people would even turn around and rather accuse you that you have rather abandoned them. Wow. Or that you don't like them. That is the usual. So if you talk, you'll be provoking. If you don't talk, you'll be accused of, I don't like this one or you like this one. How many have ever felt that your father doesn't like you? Uh, you are a lot. Oh. I don't know why most of you are raising your hands. You want to be truthful, isn't it? Yes. God wants the heart, not the actions. The heart of a child must be towards the father. Yes. Not just your actions, but your heart. You must see through and know that your father is your father. Like I said to my brother, even if your father is in prison, go there. Go there. As you see him as a bad person, and as you see him as a monster, it means your heart is completely twisted, and Satan has twisted your heart, because Satan wants to curse you. Satan wants to come and enforce curses. During the floor prayer meeting on Friday, 
were praying against demons that are sent to enforce Malachi. It says he would turn the hearts to the children and the children's hearts to their fathers so as to prevent a curse from coming somewhere. That is it. A great frustration. It's so sad to see places where there are no fathers. And fathers are disregarded. So you are not any father. You are just a brother. People have, 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 have not wanted me to honor Bishop Duncan Williams. Archbishop Duncan Williams. I put his statue in our museum over there. I said, why, 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 what do you do? And you see, a pastor came out of the, he built the largest church in the world. When he came and he entered that museum and he saw Archbishop Duncan Williams' picture, he said that this is a very great thing. He said that Ghanaians don't honor fathers. That's what he, that was his comment. He said that I can see that, that this is a very good thing. As somebody who was there before all of us. Most of us attended his church at a point, or even if it was once or twice, he was there. So you can't grow up disregarding, ignoring, setting aside, disregarding, write that word down, disregarding, write another word down, ignoring, write, a, write another, another word down, setting aside, setting aside, re, disregarding, setting aside, ignoring, separating yourself from fathers. Your, your life will not go well. Your life will not go well. Your life will not go well. Obey your father for this is right. I love that scripture. What's the right thing to do? Just do what he says. Listen, you can't be in this church and I'll not point you back to your father. Not here. Not here. Once you are here, I'll point you to your father. Even if your father is saying whatever against me, I'll point you to him. That's your father. Do what he says. That's the initial swing. That's the initial swing of life. It will give you the initial swing. (laughs) Are you excited about the initial swing? Oh yes. Cat is come. I always need you when I preach about this. Give him a microphone. Oh yes. Come, come and stand by me. Now you know you know him, right? Okay. Now you tell me. You see, because when we started the first love church, the first day I think was the first day we were there on the very first day we we came. I mean, he was a little smaller than this. I think he's put on some weight since he married. Yes. Now, when we came, when I started to talk about all these things, you tell us your story, how it happened, your, you and your dad. Um, so when... You were growing up. Yeah, when I was growing up, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my mom and my dad were married. They never divorced until he passed. But there was always friction for as long as I could remember. And, of course, because my, my dad was busier, my mom was at home. So I naturally gravitated towards my mother. She used to give you food? Food, care for me. Like my mom was my person. Yeah. You know, so. Like, she loved you? She loved me, yes. When you were not well? At, 
everything. She, she, she was there for me. Mama. Yeah. Sweet mama. So there were, there were times that maybe they would have an argument or a fight and then he would go. And then I would be left with her and she'd be crying and stuff. So it, all of those... It broke your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it set my heart in a place. Your mother is crying. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> She's suffering. Under the, the torture of your father. Yeah. The torment. So Ooh. it... I mean, for as long as I could remember, that was my disposition towards my father. That he was like this very hard man. Yeah, come this way. Screen, we are watching. Put us close up. Who is that? Yes. That he was this very hard man. A man who had... (laughs) I want to be in the picture. (laughs) But he was this very hard man. This man who caused my mom to cry. Mm. You know, and that, that really made me not like him at all. So you didn't like him? No, no. Not, not one bit. So basically... Focus on him now. Focus on him now. <laughs> close up, close up. Come on, be active in your mind, okay? Yes, thank you. So basically his role in my life was provider. The only times that I would come into contact with him, the only times I would call him was if I needed something. So most of the time... Especially when I go to uni, when I would call him, hello dad, hi, okay, so what do you need? Was the next question that he would ask. Then I'll tell him, okay, I need this, 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 that is this, okay, I'll send you. Things like what? The money. Or like maybe the next term is coming, I need to pay my fees, I need to pay my wholesale fees, I need to like change a phone, I need to buy a laptop, I need spending money, stuff like that. Then I, I would, I would just tell him, then he would say, okay, how much? Then that was basically the extent of our relationship. And then even when I was not in school and I was home, we, we lived in the same house, but we basically had no contact. Mm. Um, how many live in the same house, but there's no contact? Most of the time. Okay. Yes. So, um, when, like maybe he's, he's at work, when the, when the house, my mother, the children, maybe are watching a show on TV. Watching or television. Yeah, and it's like the family gathering. Mm. And then we hear that, like, this is the horn. My yeah, father's... Yeah. yeah. Boo. At the gate. Boo, boo. Then what happens? And then someone, okay, I would say, Ebae. Ebae. What does that mean, A by A? It means he's coming. He's coming. His name has turned to he. A by A. A by A. A by A means A, A is he. It, it or he is coming. It is coming. Is it it is coming or he is coming? It's more of... It's it. It's more of it. Yeah. A by A, the A kind of dehumanizes the person. Yeah. So it's no longer he... It's more of an it. It is yeah. coming. The thing is coming. How many have said that in your house before? A by A. Raise your hand. I, I, look, if I feel lonely, I think I, I have to. Curtis, let's go to the backstage, I think. You continue telling me the story in the room. Okay, continue. Yeah. So then everybody will go to their room. In, uh, my twin sister, Aquile. 
you all scatter. Yes, when you everybody. Get the horn. Yes, so everybody will go to their room. If it's something really interesting, we'll continue watching it in our rooms. But then, like the living room, there'll be nobody there. So there was this time that he came into the house. Everybody was in their room, but I opened the door of my room a little bit to see, and then I realized that when he entered the living room, the hall, he put his stuff down, and then he went to the TV. And then he did something interesting. He put his hand behind the TV and felt it. And we're watching it prior to your arrival. And then... And when he's... Yes. As, as he entered, realized that everybody has dashed. Everybody's in the room as if they are sleeping. Oh, yes. Continue. So, when you came to the First Love Church and you were speaking to us... It was something that I think it was either the first or second time you were speaking to us. One of the questions you asked is how many of you have a problem with your fathers? Or how many of you like your fathers? How many of you do not like your fathers? And of course, I said that I didn't. And I, I felt justified because I felt that I knew the reasons why I shouldn't like my father. Huh, he's somewhere, you see. <laughs> but you started to talk about it you preached about it you said like your father I think that's the main thing I remember you said like your father I had a meeting with you and you said like your father Curtis like your father so I said I will try and then I started like when he would come home because he usually came home later around 11, 12 I decided that I wouldn't retreat to my room any longer I'd wait for him and sit there talk with him I started going to his room to try and have a conversation with him. I would call him without an agenda. I would call him without like something to buy or something that I needed from him. And in the beginning, it was a bit rough because I could feel that he was... Was he surprised? He was very surprised and I think suspicious of, of my motives. That why am I doing... Why, why will you not be suspicious? <laughs> when Josh came and he was now like a Christian and he came around and he was you know, trying to do things my first reaction was I was suspicious, I said this is not genuine I don't know this way he's trying to help, he's trying to do this, like, mm, I've not seen this one before <laughs> yes, you'll be suspicious it's like what is going on, is there a plan there's a new plan you don't know about yes, continue Yes, so we had that period where I realized that, like, even though he, 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 he didn't warm up to my, to my advances, but then as time went on and he realized that I wasn't changing, I was here to stay, then it was like a switch. Everything changed. Then all of a sudden, I'll be there, my father will call me, and then he would say things, hello, my son. And it was something that I'd never heard before in my life. And then he would just call for us to chat. If he's doing a project, something, he would say, okay, I'm going here. I'm going to see this land. I'm building this. Come and sit in my car or come home from school. I want to go along with you. I remember there was one time I even messaged you that he, he was starting a business of some sort and he was registering the company. And then he called me to come. He said, I have some documents for you to sign. And then when I got home, he gave me the documents and told me to sign here and be like my assistant for what I'm doing. And then I messaged you about that. I cannot believe the change. It was like night and day 
all of a sudden, my father was like my friend. And then he started to give me things without me having to ask mm. for them. Where at first I would have to calculate and call. And then say, oh, I need this, I need that. Now he starts to be like, okay, I saw this. Would you like it? I saw this phone. I saw this thing. I saw this, that. I remember when I was even in school, where at first I couldn't even broach the idea. He would call me and say, okay, uh, you are in law school now. I think you need a car. So come home. Let's go and look at some cars. And then my dad bought me a car. And it, it didn't stop there. It, it, it changed my life totally. I became very comfortable. I became somebody who didn't have need for anything. But more than that, I became someone who knew that like, my father liked me. And it, it, it was a really nice and strong relationship. I remember telling you when my dad passed that um, he had COVID and then he was struggling. And the last phone call I ever had with him, we, we talked, he told me a couple of things. Then he, at the end of the call, he said, I love you. And I, that was the one time, like, the, the first and the final thing I ever heard from him. Um, a couple of weeks later, he was gone. And I just looked back and realized that it was six, seven years of like a real relationship with my dad. And sometimes I think about it and I wonder if I hadn't moved when you said, like your father, that I would be living in regret because what I didn't know at that time when you were giving me that instruction was that I had seven years. I had only seven years to have a relationship with my father. He was not going to be there when I got married. He was not going to be there when I had a son. I had a limited window for obedience. Seven years. And so, even though I regret that it took all that time, even though I regret that it took all that time for my relationship with him to change, I thank God for those last seven years. Wow. Wow. What a blessing. What a blessing. Put your hands together for this amazing testimony. Amen. His father's last words to him, that was the peak of the COVID. His father's last words to him was, I love you. Yes. And your father's last word to you could be no comment. <laughs> For you, they have nothing to say. It's okay. Many blessings come to children who honor their father. Look at the, let's look at the verse. Children, we are not in Sunday school, but we are still children. Look at it. Look at it. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And I remember when Curtis came, he said his father told him to do a particular course in England. And that was it. And I said, just do what he says. And he did it. Beautiful. Obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Okay. Then honor your father and your mother. I think the reason why God gives a special promise to this is because if you don't honor a person you can see, you will not honor the one you can't see. If you don't love the man you can see, you can't love God whom you can't see. 
If you don't honor who you can't see, whom you can see standing right there, you can't honor him. But you, are on, you, you say you honor God. It's not true. If you don't obey somebody that is sitting right in front of you and saying this and that, you don't obey. And you are not going to obey God whom you can't see, who is so vague and you can't see where exactly he is. There's no way it's going to be that way. I want to, I want to really talk to all of us who have developed the art of deception and deceptive living in relation to our families and our fathers and our Christian homes. Fathers are very, very powerful. They are dangerous people, especially in relation to somebody who is a child. Both biological, spiritual, ministry, the person is due to, through to through that person that you exist. First Corinthians 4 and verse 15. What does it say? Though you have 10,000 instructors, though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, Yet you have not many fathers. This was Paul. Paul writing to the church. He says, for in Christ I have begotten you. I am a father to all these churches in the UD. In Christ I have begotten them. Through whatever method it is, they have come to exist. So if you are in the church or related to the church or connected, I am a father. And the Bible says that though there are 10,000 instructors and people who has caused you to exist, who made you a pastor? Who made you a bishop? Who, who, who made you what you are? Who built a church for you? Who caused you to be whatever you are, wherever you are? You see Madame X giving the announcement on the stage. Who gave her the name Madame X? Who introduced her to speak? At Carnival, not now. You see, these testimonies is not today's testimonies. We are talking about years ago. This church, we've been around at least 10 years. Who's t- from the beginning. I'm talking about from the beginning. Many things you are, if you think deeply, you realize that you would not even be there if it wasn't for somebody even introducing you or saying something. Some people would even be married. You came to find your husband or your wife in the church. So this is a warning. And Paul was saying, though you have 10,000 teachers, they talk, 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 talk. Because people go to school and they like the... My teacher said, my teacher said, more than my father said. Have you not heard it from the child before? My teacher said, teacher said, my teacher, Mr. So-and-so said, Mr. So-and-so. As if Mr. So-and-so is now the greatest, wisest person. Ah, you'll be looking at your Sunday school teacher and become 
I mean, your, your, your uh, nursery teacher, kindergarten teacher. Auntie what? Auntie Rose. <laughs> and who? Pastor Charles. Auntie Vicky. Auntie Vicky said, now is the main person. How can that be? <laughs> teacher Berima. Everybody, I am trying to paint a picture in your heart. Eh? Thank God for all the different people who are nice in your life and who are important. Your father, but they are father-like, father figures, fathers of something that you are part of. Remember, hands off and care. And try to have something, even if you can't have such a wonderful relationship. You know, a sister was just telling me, I sent text to my father, and he, I can see that he's double tick, I can see his blue tick, I can see, but he, he doesn't reply. I said, because he's wary of you. I asked her, you and your mother, have you not formed a, a team? He said, yes, we are. But I said, that he, he, he doesn't know who he's responding to. Maybe it's a message passing through you for something. But as you keep on, you will break the ice and you will realize that you are genuine. It's nothing unusual. Oh, yes. Make sure you make yourself a darling son, darling boy, or a darling girl. No matter who you are. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. When I look at fathers, you see that they only have something good. Stop but not knowing that it is a spiritual thing. Don't make a mistake. You can come from the same womb. Don't follow the bad children in your family. You may come from the same womb. You'll be shocked that everybody looks different. How many have seen that sometimes you look at your brother and say, but you are different. Some are tall, some are short. Different types of children from the same womb. Same father and mother. I want to show you a family that had a serious issue. And all the children behaved differently. And it brought different things. Look at it. Genesis chapter 9 and verse 20. Look at it. Genesis chapter 9. Look at this family. Noah began to be a husbandman. That's a farmer. And he planted a vineyard. His work was with the vines. When you go to Switzerland, you see the vineyards planted all over the hills. You'll be there soon. Very soon. And he drank of the wine. He was tasting. And he overtasted. Listen. In the line of duty. Whatever. Don't worry. And he was drunken. And he was uncovered within his tent. Change the version on this, this verse. Let's see what it says. He was uncovered. And he uncovered himself. NIV maybe. He drank and he lay uncovered inside his tent. Change it to the message of the living Bible. What does it say? And he lay, yes. And he passed out. He got drunk and passed out. Naked 
in his tent. I mean, simple and short. He drank and he passed out. He was found unconscious and naked. How many have passed out before and naked? You've done it before. Somebody's raising their hand over there. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Carry on. Let's go. Let's watch this family. Now, Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father. He, I think he passed by the tent and he saw that his father was naked in the tent. And he told his other two brethren who were outside, change the version on this one too. Change it to, Amer- yeah. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and told his two brothers who were outside the tent. So a, a person who goes around spreading bad news or bad stories of his father, his father's nakedness. Do you see? Now, if his father hadn't built the ark, if Noah hadn't built the ark and put this boy in Ham, he would have drowned in the water a long time ago. He would not have been able to see his nakedness and be talking about him. Let's go on. Now, Shem and Japheth, they were not interested in looking. Look at what they did. Are you watching? This is a family of a man with his three children. Same womb, children behaving differently. You will join the good group of children. Shem and Japheth, who are the other two children, took a garment and laid it upon their shoulders and went backwards. This is an interesting thing. They walked backwards. They didn't even walk into the tent to go and cover their father. Like a nurse. They didn't want to see. So they walked backward like this. Come on, man. Come and walk with me backward like this. So you are holding one side. Hold it like this. Hold it. You see? You see, we are, we are holding back. We don't want to see. So they walked backwards. Backwards. Come so the camera can see her this way. Eh. Be active in your mind. Eh? Be active in your mind. Yeah. Backwards. 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 Are you holding a black one? You look like you are pointing to the sky. Go and sit down. <laughs> and then look at what they did. And they covered the nakedness of their fathers. And their faces were backward. And they saw not their father's nakedness. They didn't even see it. Those of you who want to see your father's nakedness. You want to hear a story. You want to find out. I hear this. I hear this. You want to find out more. You are asking questions. Catherine Kuman says she found out with experience that people who are inquisitive and want to know things often have an evil motive. I read it in Catherine Kuman's book. You want to know this, want to know this, want to know this. Why do you want to know? Why are you not relaxed not to know? Just flow along. Change the version. Change the version of that, that verse. Uh-huh. Shem and Japheth took a cloak, held it between them from their shoulders, walked backwards, and covered their father's nakedness, keeping their faces turned away so they did not see their father's exposed body. Next verse. And Noah awoke. Noah got up. Noah was sleeping. Ah! 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 <sighs> blanket. Whose blanket is this? And he got up. Security. Security. Two security men come. You, no, no, you are, you were, and the other one come. 
What, what, what happened? Did you don't see anybody? What has happened? I don't know where this blanket from. You saw who? We saw uh, Japheth and uh, Ham. Ham. Who did you see? Ham came in first. Huh? Ham came in first. Ham. Yes. Bring me a microphone. These people are giving me the detailed information of what happened. I don't know how I came to this place. Like I came here. Who came? I want to know who exactly came here. I'm not trying to report anybody. Okay, no problem. I yes, please. But when you were asleep, Ham came in first. Ham came first. Ham. And when he came out, he was laughing. He was laughing. He was laughing all over the place. My goodness. Yes. And he had his phone with him. He had his phone. He had his phone with him. he took pictures I, I cannot confirm I was not there so I cannot confirm but he had his phone with him and then you said what and then what happened so, so Ham, Ham left yes but he came to tell us yes that he had seen something yes no you are security man yes yes you came yes. to <laughs> to tell us you don't know that you are security man you were on guard outside the tent and he came to talk to you oh, no he came to tell us something but we didn't know what it was. So he was talking to us that, oh, he's coming it, from that room. And boss, it's the language barrier. It's the language barrier. You know, language. Language barrier. Okay, tell yes, me what. I think so, he's, done, so he's not educated. After, after Ham left. After Ham left. Yeah, he went to tell the two, the two brothers that they should also come and see. Whatever was there to see, I don't know. Then Shem and Japhet came, but they took Shem and Japhet came. Yes, but they did. To this room, when no, I was sleeping. But they went backwards. We saw them ourselves. They went backwards this you way. Saw, did you see my son? Yes, we saw Shem. Shem you saw Shem. Yes, we saw I said, did you see my son? You said you saw Shem. Uh, How Shem. many sons did you see? No, it's a two. language barrier. Yes. <laughs> this guy is crazy. How many of my children? I want to know how many of my children That's came here. Shem and Jaffa. saw two. Two. Yes, they came backwards. But I have three children. Ham came first. Ham came first. When he came out, he was laughing. And he, he was had his laughing phone and with he had him. his phone. He had his phone, his phone with him. Okay. Yes. That was Ham. That was Ham. Then after he left, he went to tell Shem and Japheth. Yes. How do you know he went to Yeah, because they also came. But how do you know they maybe they were led by the spirits to come at that time? Uh, we can't confirm. You can't confirm. They can't confirm. Okay. Yeah, they, but they came backwards. They came with a blanket. Yeah, they just went this way. And they How entered your room. The blanket? Was it this one? This yes, 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 yes. This one. This, this very one. Blank. Yes, this one. They brought it. They brought this blanket. They brought this. They blanket. brought this one. We don't know. We don't know them at the door. Yes. We saw them at the door, and yes. they were holding it like this. Like this. Like this. They went and like then this. they entered, like and that was it. Like this. And then they came out. And then they, they came out. But they were not laughing. And when they came out, they were not holding. They were not laughing, and they were not laughing, and they were not laughing. They were not laughing at all. Are you sure? We are very sure. Your jobs are on the line. Yes, please. Yes, please. Are you telling the truth? You're telling the truth. Cross your hand and shame the devil. Do you cross the hand and shame the devil? Okay. All right. Thank you. No further questions. No further questions. No further questions. Wow. So Noah awoke from his wine. And knew what his younger son had done unto him. Now what's going to happen? Look at it. And he said, curse. Immediately curses are flowing. He knew what his younger son had done. And the first word is a curse. Yes. He cursed the son of this man. Yeah. 
Sekeset became a servant of servants shall he be. Now, there are only three people in the world. These three boys are going to give birth to the whole world. Ham was cursed. Then what happened to Shem and Japheth? Blessed be the God of Shem. Canaan shall be his servant. The next one. And God shall enlarge Japheth. And he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. And Canaan shall be his servant. Now, what does this mean? And verse, the next verse. Yeah, and Noah lived after the flood 350 years. So, Noah spoke a curse. Now, the descendants, if you have a Dick's Bible, you can look at the descendants of Ham, descendants of Shem, and descendants of Japheth. But just as a very quick summary, the descendants of Shem are those from the Middle East, the Canaan Middle East type of people. Descendants of Japheth are Asia and Europe, European nations. And descendants of Ham, in, in, no, I, I, please, it's not, I, I, I don't, 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 I don't want to, you see, you, you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going home. Okay, the descendants of Ham, all right, uh, were the nations Egypt, Sudan, Libya, and so on. Go and read your uh, Bible, Ethiopia, and so on. It's all there. If you have a Dex Bible, read it. Kush. Now, it's not been easy for us. Servants of servants, as if you think deeply about what it means. Like there are servants. So it means you'll be low. Then the servant will have a servant. Now have you noticed, it's not easy for a servant to build a house. How much more the servant's house help? Not easy. So how many want a blessing from your father to give you an initial boost in life? An initial swing. How many want to hear the sound of curses? It shall not be heard in your life. So, happy Father's Day. But, I want to tell you, how many want to know the master key of relating with your father? Very well. How many want to know the master key? Shall I give you the master key? I don't think you people want to. I'll tell another another group. I'll tell another group. Are you sure you really want to know? I think I shouldn't tell you too many secrets. Do you want to know the master key? Yeah. Ask your neighbor, what do you think the master key is? The, 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 what do you think the master key is? When you think about it, what do you think it could be? Huh? You like to know? Yeah. The master key for relating with your father. Okay, do you think there's a different key for when things are working well and when things are not working well? Maybe there are different keys. Like if things are not working well, there's a key. And if things are working well, there's another key. Or when you are a small, small, small child. And when you are a bigger child. And when you are a grown-up child. It's all one key. It's the key of humility. Yes. Humility. Let me, let me tell you when you are proud. When you can correct your father, you, have, you, you become proud. Who corrects who? Who corrects who? 
When I correct you, you correct me. When I say you say, when I say you say, when I say you say, then you are proud. When you correct your father in your head, you are also proud, but it's hidden, it's submerged, it's covert pride. Yes. When things are going well, you need humility. Because even when things are going well, you may even think to yourself, things are going well because I'm also a grown-up now and I also know what I'm doing. When things are not going well, like the prodigal son, all you need is humility. Humility, humility. The prodigal son said, you know what, I'm going back to my father's house. I don't care what anybody says. But some people don't want to admit that they were wrong. Even God changes his mind. How can you have a mind which never changes? Even God changes his mind. Changing your mind and saying sorry is one of the important things to do well as a child. Many never say sorry. You know, I've been wrong. I was wrong. I'm sorry. That's the end. This Weekend, I had a dinner in my house with some pastors. And some of the pastors were pastors who once used to be with us and have left. And they've come to say sorry for all the different things that went wrong and all that. They've been, they've been related for years. I decided, oh, let me have a, a, a time with them. All that you needed is sorry. I'm wrong. That's all. Learn to say sorry at work. In your marriage, how many marriages are so beastly because sorry is never said. And when it is said, it is just said as a mean I can say, say, I should say, say, so, so. Uh, yesterday, sorry for what happened yesterday. That's all. Sorry will change everything. Humility. As if I text him, he hasn't answered. He, I mean, who are you that he should answer? Just keep sending the text. Keep sending that. One day I saw somebody who has sent me text. I checked how many texts the person has sent me and I've never replied. And I was so touched and I replied. And then I got to know the person's name and I saved the person's name because sometimes I can have 700 texts on my phone. I, I can't know how to answer them. Plenty. So many people have said, man, Kenya, I went and prayed for Kenya. Hey, the Kenyan that sent me messages, eh? Plus two five four, plus two five four, plus plenty. I, I started to reply. Some I, I realized that look, if you don't take care, you'll be dizzy. Yes. So now the one I want to pray for a country, I have to take my time before I pray for that country. <laughs> Learn to be humble. Oh yes. Some people want you want to come and see me, so I have no time. What times I have no time to whatever. I mean, I can't, I can't just be hanging around. Sorry. 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 Where did you develop all these attitudes and bigness? Where, where is it from? Hmm? In medicine, we would have called it idiopathic pride. Pride without a cause. We don't know, we, we, we can't know the reason why. What do you have? Who are you? God is teaching you today. Humility is the master key for relating with fathers. 
when you are humble, you will learn, you will flow. By all means, I must know something you don't know. And there's something you can get from me. Yes, there's something you can get from me by just flowing in a certain way. Yeah. If I'm a father in this church, you will not be all sitting here. You will not be. You were not here when we came and found this land. You were not here when we decided to do all these things we are doing here. Where would you have been? Tell the truth. It wouldn't be important. It wouldn't do, do anything. Thank God for grace. Be humble. Be humble towards your pastors. They are also like fathers to you. They are delegated fathers. And God will bless you. Your whole life will change. Oh, how difficult it is for a proud child. A child who cannot say sorry. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm practicing saying sorry for anything I've done sitting by you. I'm just practicing saying sorry. Stand to your feet. Amen. Lift your hands. I want to be more like you. Jesus. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be a vessel you work Jesus. That's Jesus. I and my father, there's no problem. Look at what Jesus is saying. I and my father, there's no problem at all. We are one. I and my father, there's a flow. There's a flow. I and my father have the same mind. There's no difficult, there's no struggle. This is, this is what it means to be like Jesus. As we sing this song, I and my father are one. Let's pray that we will be like Jesus in relation to his father. He said, my father has not left me because I always do the things that please him. 
wanna be more like Come on, every hand lifted up. I wanna be Jesus. I wanna be more like. I wanna be more like Jesus. I wanna be more like. I wanna be more like Jesus. I wanna be in that zone. scripture on my father he that John 8 29 he that sent me is with me the father has not left me alone you are going to need your father's involvement in your life till you are 70 years old you may not know you may not know you know my mother even up till today in her state sometimes I just waiting for her to say something to me when my mother points to me and says, all the best, I feel so happy. Sometimes she look at me, she doesn't have many words that she can speak now. And she say, you are good. That's all. She can't talk, but she can say a few things. It touches my heart. Lift your hand. Look at what he said. I and my, uh, my, he that sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone. Why? Because I always do the things that please him. Lift your hands. Father, thank you. Thank you. We, we are committing ourselves to be good children, to enjoy supernatural entry points and blessings as we serve you, as we honor you, and as we follow you. Let us have the blessings of good children on our lives, all the days of our lives. We give you thanks. And we give you praise. Sing it for the last time. I want to be like Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. I want to be more like. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be the vessel you were through. every head is bowed, every eye closed, if you want to give your life to Jesus today lift your hands up wherever you are I want to give my life to God I want Jesus to save me and I want to become a son and a daughter of the Lord, maybe you are invited but you are not born again today I want to give you a chance to be saved, if you are here like that wherever you are, lift your hand right now God bless you God bless you. I see all your hands. If you've lifted your hand, I'm giving you a few seconds to come to me in the front here. If you lifted your hand, just walk to the front and give your life to Jesus Christ today. God bless you. Come, come from wherever you are. I'm going to pray with you in one minute. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. I wanna be a vessel you were I wanna be more like Jesus. I wanna be more like Jesus. I wanna be more like you.
Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. I give my heart to you. Wash away my sins. Make me a new person. Through the blood of Jesus, wash away my sins. Cleanse me. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life today. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I want you to go with our pastor, Pastor Gideon. Go with him this way and he's going to pray with you again and give you something. God bless you. Those of you watching online, you're watching online, you want to give your life to Christ, pray that same prayer and text a number. There's a number that we used to have if you are lonely, if you need help, put that number on the screen and God is going to bless you. You maybe see that it's time for communion. Take out your Holy Communion. If you are watching online, it's time for Holy Communion. Take your bread from your, your room. Any piece of bread and any drink you have. Join us in the Holy Communion. Just a very simple John chapter 6 and verse 50 This is the bread which comes down from heaven Amen How many want the bread that comes from heaven? Or you want Ghana bakery bread? Today, this this morning or afternoon we are going to have some special bread from heaven when I pray over the bread that's it it's converted into heavenly bread amen and what is the effect of eating this bread huh it gives you life can I tell can I tell you some a testimony many years ago when I was a medical student I went to the ward and there was a lady she was just skin and bones and the doctor asked, asked the students what is wrong with this lady and we said she's very sick very very just bones and they had put a drip on her so we started to mention the diseases cancer tuberculosis this HIV and he smiled and said none of those this woman is just hungry she was from Ethiopia or somewhere and she had been starving and she was just no food so that's the effect of the lack of bread and she died we tried to revive her but she was just hungry yeah so bread has a powerful effect of healing you there was no medicine that she needed just food so as we take this holy bread may healing come to your life to your body every way father in heaven I pray and beg and cry for healing for everyone who is watching we declare this is the body of Jesus may we grow and be healed of 
every plague, every disease in Jesus' name, the body of Jesus Christ. And now, the blood. This is the blood of Jesus. Father, as we stand before this precious drink of the blood, whatever represents a mistake, a sin, an error. Lord, we have so many sins. Especially today, the sin of dishonoring, disobeying, disgracing, embarrassing fathers. May we, Lord, be washed forgiven of all our sins the blood of Jesus Christ lift your hands for your blessing please may the Lord bless you may he bless your family may he bless your children may your family be healed of divisions confusion dishonoring of parents whatever represents a curse that has come into your home because of dishonoring parents may a blessing be superimposed on your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ now I see the feet of somebody I'm seeing in the realm of the spirit some feet somebody is going somewhere and your feet are tied it seems that there is a restriction on your movement and on your going may the Lord release you from every form of restriction every hindrance and every bondage anyone here who is suffering from bondage you can't stop you can't leave you can't break away an evil relationship something that destroys be healed of it right now in Jesus name be set free watching online May you be healed and delivered from any form of bondage. Any kind of captivity. I release you from it right now. Be set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you that we receive such blessings and healing on this Sunday. And Lord, as we go out of this service... Thank you that we are not going the same way we came. But we are going with a covering. With help. With grace. Supernatural power. Over our lives. Thank you for this mighty blessing. The Lord bless you. The Lord give you peace. Peace. In spite of troubled waters. And in spite of every storm. The Lord give you peace. The Lord make his face shine on you. The Lord remember you. The Lord help you. The Lord fight for you. May the Lord contend against those who contend against you. In the name of Jesus. The Lord give you strength. In every battle. Giving you the upper hand. Father I thank you. Let every long standing trouble and conflict. Come to an end now. In the name of Jesus, I pray and I bless all the children that are part of this program and this service. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. 
God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.